Hello, uh, good evening, and welcome to Indie Live Radio. This is the locker room every Friday night between six and seven. You've got me, Michael, and him over there called Matthew. And we're here speaking about sport for the next couple. That's why it's called the locker room. And uh, don't forget, you can email us at um, lockerroomindielife at gmail.com. Matthew, how's it going? Aye, not bad. Same old. Nothing nothing different, thank goodness, but um, preparing for Christmas. Preparing for Christmas. You get your Christmas tree up. Oh, uh, yeah, but uh, well, there's a bit of story about that. We had it up and it was lovely, um, but then the dog struck and pulled the tree down. <laughs> So okay, that's all we've got time for this week <laughs> in the show. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. And Matthew will be speaking about shopping on the sports <laughs> show. Um, yeah, we, we put the Christmas tree up this week as well, Matthew. It was okay, but I sorry I interrupted you with we, we your dogs. Sorry, <laughs> there wasn't much of a story. The dog's now dead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding for all those dog people. Oh, no, you're back in uh, so. No, he's now he's coughing up glitter. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> he took the glitter and he took the bubble and whatever else off the tree and the tree came down like timber. That um, means of, that reminds me of a joke, but uh, I don't know if I should say that or not. I think it's Gary Glitter's favourite meat. Oh, God. Come on, come on. Yeah, so, um, just as well... I, get that. I wasn't thinking that. Are they? <laughs> just as well, there's no patterns this year. Oh, no, they're not. Okay, let's on. I was thinking the social workers are about to be called. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move swiftly on as usual. Um, yeah, um, I forgot to tell you, this show comes where... Uh, kind of age warning. So if you're be, if you're under the eighteen mark, turn like Gary Glitter. Yeah. <laughs> be serious there. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah. Okay. Um, so what are we here for again? Yeah. <laughs> I hear probably gab. A wee cup of tea. Um, so it was a good night last night for the old firm in Europe. Uh, Rangers qualified weeks ago where a game to spare. They went 2-0. But I've got to say, Celtic won, uh, even though they're out of the tournament now, um, they've got four points. But it was a good performance from Celtic. And <laughs> when was the last time we, we said that, Matthew? Oh, no. Well, I mean, we were talking about it off air. I can't really remember the time when we actually were saying that Celtic not only played well for long periods of the game, but Celtic actually played well, I thought, for the full 90 minutes. Um, I mean, they ended their Europa League campaign, obviously, by beating a really strong wheel team, to be honest. And, and they were top of the group coming into this game. Um, they looked probably favourites to qualify, I think, top of the group. But they missed out on being seeded because not only did they lose at Celtic Park, but AC Milan won 1-0 um, against Sparta Prague. So that meant that they finished second. So it wasn't a dead rubber game for Leo when they came into this really needing to get a result. But Celtic played brilliantly, I thought. Um, like I said, I thought it was the best performance Celtic have had all season. I thought, um, you know, I don't want to blow our own trumpet, but 
Neil Lennon did exactly what we were talking about last week. You know, he played a 4-4-2. He made the team look solid and hard to beat. Um, and you saw all night, really, that Leo struggled to break Celtic down. I know they did score the two goals, but outside of the two goals, I thought Celtic marshalled them really well. Um, mm. And then up top, obviously, Celtic managed to get the three goals. David Turnbull, um, and well, in a very rare start, I thought ran the show in midfield mm. along... Along with um, Sorrell, who for me was the man of the match. I thought he was just everywhere off the ball. Yeah, he was outstanding. Yeah, he was. He was off the ball. He put in so much work um, in the midfield that Celtic dominated. I thought until they were tiring near the end. I thought um, as well that um, we've been saying for weeks, and and okay, we we spoke all fair about it, but we've been saying for weeks. Well, Celtic's played well for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, but we haven't said for a while Celtic played well from, for 95 minutes as well. And just to throw into the mix, Matthew, the defence played well as well. Yeah, I mean, I thought the defence looked more solid. I mean, the whole team, I mean, this is what we were kind of talking about before. The, the fact that the defence has been getting a lot of stick is, is fine, but you defend as a team... And I thought from, you know, Klamala up top all the way back to the keeper who, third choice keeper, got a start. Um, Hazard, I thought he I thought he played brilliantly as well and commanded the area when he needed to, commanded his defence. I thought the whole team looked solid. And because of that, it was very difficult for them to break down all night. Um, and like I said, even though they got two goals, um, Celtic did as a whole look pretty pretty tight at the back, tight in midfield. Uh, Klamala ran his socks off up front. But then when you turn it around and how they attacked, you know, like you, you had people um, finally looking forward. Instead of going sideways or back the way that Celtic have obviously been guilty of for the whole season, you know, people like Turnbull and, and obviously uh, Rogic when he came on, they were actually turning, they were looking forward, they were playing the ball into spaces uh, for Klamala to chase onto. And there's no point giving Kamala the ball and expecting him to hold it up or turn because that's not his game. He likes chasing on to balls. Um, and I thought David David Turnbull was giving him the opportunity to do that. And, and Kamala, for the first time this season, looked pretty dangerous. I thought I thought he had a brilliant game too. Um, and and, and you, you know that lesson as well, Matthew, that we said in the show, that for weeks and weeks, um, Celtic, if you were watching Celtic every week, like for the past... I don't know, nine weeks is it, or maybe more, um, you would be struggling to pick a man of a, man of a match. But the game last night, you could pick the whole team because the whole team played well. Um, even even the goalkeeper, well, the goalkeeper was called into action in what was it, the second half, but that, that was all that he had to do. Yeah, I mean, I think he, he organised the back line quite well when he wasn't involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and played directly, and when he needed to, he he did his job perfectly fine. I thought that was the best a uh, best goalkeeper for, for performance we've had this season, or Celtic had this season, mm-hmm. or, and so therefore I, I think overall it's a good result. But again, you know, you're thinking to yourself, why, why, mm-hmm. why is the team not been able to perform like that up to now? And mm. it just shows you, I think if you take, I mean, I don't want to prejudge people, but we we said last week, how would Neil Lennon stay in the job? And I think we said Neil Lennon will stay in the job by one, being more compact and trying to make Celtic hard to beat. I think mm-hmm. he did that tonight. Number two, get rid of the players who aren't performing or are causing trouble in the squad. I think he did that tonight. They've won 3-2. 
I think this. I mean, I think if he'd have done this weeks ago, he wouldn't have been in this mess that he currently finds himself in. And, and I mean, do, okay, it's too early to say that it's only the first game, and we're saying, oh, Celtic played well, right? But imagine if Celtic turned this a wee bit, what won the game at Ibrox and won the games in hand, then some Celtic fans might have kind of the egg in the face to say, well, we were. We were too quick to to drugs Neil Lennon, you know. We we want Neil Lennon getting the sack and all that. So I, I'm not saying they will. I mean, it's only one game, but we're, you know we're not getting carried away. But at the same time, you know it was a good performance from from Celtic and Neil Lennon done well. He got the whole team right. He even got the subs right, as you said when when Tom Rogers came on. So. If if the pay, if the play like that up until Ibrox, I think some Celtic fans would say, "Oh, right, okay, so I got it completely wrong." Then, you know. I mean, I mean, the the interesting thing for Lennon, I think, is I mean, the reason I still think he, he probably has to go is because he's taken too long to make these decisions. I mean, at the start of the season and during games, he was taking too long to make substitutions when Celtic were crying out for it. He was too slow to change formations when Celtic were crying out for it. And now he's too slow to change the team and the formation into a more solid unit or get rid of players that are clearly causing trouble in the camp. He's been too slow to do that. I think that's why he's culpable. But it'll be interesting to see what happens at the weekend because if if Celtic don't start with that team that started against mm. uh, Leo, then I think he just has to you know, accept that he can't change this around because... This setup that he had last night against Leo is a setup he now has to go with between now and the end of the season, I think, because it's the only way Lennon is going to maintain mm-hmm. uh, any sort of challenge. But ultimately, it's the only way he's going to keep his job because I think he's lost some of the players in that dressing room. They're clearly out to cause trouble. I think they've thrown Lennon under a bus, to be perfectly frank. But yeah. tonight, we saw a team that actually gave two monkeys about the shirt. And we saw a team that actually cared about Neil Lennon enough to perform for him. And I think that's what he has to go with. Well, I mean, like, two, two things here that I would like to say, right, about Neil Lennon. Okay, he's, he's had a bad run at games. But, and it's okay pointing the finger at the manager. He picks the team. But the bottom line is, Matthew, that team crosses that white line. You know, you know so it's... The team has got to look at themselves as well. Yeah, I mean that's why I that's why I think the only way Lennon had to keep it, or the only way Lennon could or maybe will keep his job ultimately is to get rid of those players because you know they clearly weren't performing for him. They clearly, I don't think, had even when they were playing poorly. I don't think they had any passion for the shirt. They didn't have any passion for for him. Mm-hmm. People like Edward. I mean, players like that and Cham. You know, the usual suspects that were, were given maybe 60-70% on the pitch for Lennon. You know, mm-hmm. you saw tonight when you got shot of them, you saw what players can do that actually gave two, they give two monkeys about Celtic yeah. and actually want to perform for Lennon. You saw the difference. That should have been done weeks ago, to be perfectly honest. He's done yeah. it tonight and it's worked. He's done, Like I said to you off air, I don't think it would have mattered even if Celtic had lost tonight. It was more the fact that the performance, it was the passion, it was the fact that they came back from a burst to conceding goals. You know, if that was the same team that played against Ross County or St. Johnson, that would have been a 
four-one defeat tonight. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, no, easy, so, easy. Yeah, I, I, and 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 I mean for the the real goals, it's the first time in a long time that you haven't blamed the Celtic defence. Yeah, I mean, I think apart I mean, from uh, apart from the first goal, uh, that was a a kind of stupid mistake from McGregor. But I've got to say, hands up. I will say, oh no, McGregor's made a mistake, but he, he was a big man to stand up for the penalty and they it could have either went two ways. He could have, well, obviously he did score, score the penalty and the gig well, but if he missed a penalty, he would get, that, that would be another um, case of the fans would be pointing their finger at McGregor to give away the goal and also could give away it so they could give away the goal and could miss a penalty. But he did well. Yeah, no, I think I mean players aren't players really aren't going to go through games without making mistakes. And I think he he obviously did make an error tonight. But again he showed character. I mean he was like the team he epitomised the team as a whole, I thought. You know, make the mistake or in Celtics take a case as a whole, concede a goal, you know, show character. Show that you show that the shirt means something to you. Show mm-hmm. that the coaching staff means something to you. And each time they came back and showed a lot, took the lead again. Then we equalised again. Then then you thought, what are Celtic going to do? And then they go up the pitch and Turnbull scores quite a decent, um, a decent winner. You know, I think that's the Celtic you want to see. And if Celtic, I mean, okay, Rangers are a juggernaut at the moment. I'm not saying for a second that that Celtic team could overtake Rangers because mm. I would say at the moment Rangers are obviously. Ahead of Celtic. I would say maybe it's a bit early, Matthew, but you know, because it's only the first game that they perform for the whole night, well, 95 yeah. minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think Rangers are a better side at the moment, but the thing mm. is, I think if they'd have played that sort of team from the start, they might not have overtaken Rangers, but by goodness, you'd had one, mm. you'd had better performances. Yeah. Two, if, we, if Celtic had struggled, then they'd have showed character at least. And three, they wouldn't be this far behind, looking at um, looking over or so far behind Rangers. So I think this team, you know, this side that letting them put out tonight has to be the side that starts on Sunday. Just has to be. I don't think there's a choice. I just get it. It has to be. And I'm not making any excuses up here, but if Forrest was in the team again, that team would be different as well. Because I'm a big well, Forrest fan. Well, I mean, the thing with Forrest, I think I think Celtic are missing width. And mm. I think when Frimpong goes off, for example, as well, and Laxell's maybe a bit further back off the play because he's playing a more traditional sort of left-back role rather than a like, wing-back, um, Celtic do lack a lot of areas in the wide areas because you get, like Ellen Yussi is a prime example. If you watch him, he might start out wide and he might receive the ball out wide, but he doesn't then go to the byline to whip a ball and he comes inside. And it, when he comes inside, he runs into traffic and there's nowhere to go. Whereas, like, at least if you have a Forrest there um, or you have a, a Johnson there or any of the wide players that Celtic have unfortunately lost, like Roberts over the years or, or players like that, you know, you want people out wide stretching the play. You want players mm. who are able to have the pace to get by their man and get the ball into the box where you've got players like Griffiths waiting or, you know, Clamalla uh, waiting in this case tonight. And mm. I think that's the one thing Celtic are missing. And having Forrest back will be another... Um, another bow to, uh, or another arrow to the bow, really, for 
for Celtic and it'll be good to have them back um, yeah. because it gives them opportunities because I think 4-4-2 is the way to go at the moment because when you play these formations you like 5-3-2 or if you play the 4-2-3-1 formation or whatever you know I think you need players who are confident in their jobs confident in their footballing ability and are able to perform at that level I think mm-hmm. when you're going through a spell like this, you need to revert to basics. You need to be solid. And I think that's where Celtic are at the moment, and they showed that um, against Lee. And um, obviously, just touching upon Celtic, obviously, they finished uh, a disappointing European campaign um, with, with three points. But they scored a goal in every game, so that's quite hard to believe that they, they oh, scored got... a goal in every game and uh, get, get knocked out. But... I was going to say that uh, Celtic's back back in the um, SPFL action this weekend against Kamalk, and that's going to be a difficult game as well because in the early part of the season, or Celtic not one and one now, and that game finished one each, so that's a difficult game for Celtic at home. Well, that seems like that game um, at Rugby Park seems like a, a lifetime ago, yeah, doesn't it? Ago, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I, so much so I can't actually remember how that game played out really well. Um, but I, I, I do. I mean, I say normally Kilmarnock are an awful running form. They've won one of the last five. So on paper, they're coming into Celtic Park, and you think, surely this is a a, a win for Celtic. But Celtic are also only won one in the last five. Yep. Um, <laughs> So, so it's it's a it's a it's a game where you know both of these sides will be looking to get their um, campaign up and running somehow. But you know, I think it comes down to team selection. I honestly think if Celtic revert back to the team that served them so poorly over the net over the last five games in the league, over the last thirteen games, no, by the last twelve games prior to, to uh, last night. I think Celtic will struggle. I think Kamarnock can uh, put the work in. They're a hard-working side. Mm-hmm. And I think that Celtic side from last week and the week before and the week before that would struggle, actually. I think if Celtic play the team that played last night, Celtic, I think, will have too much for Kamarnock because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think they're too solid for Kamarnock to break down. I can see them keeping a clean sheet. I can see Kamala running right and I can see Turnbull getting the ball swivelling and... Um, playing like just um, either scoring goals or setting somebody up so you know with Turnbull in that side with possibly uh, Sorrow again um, in that midfield shooting things up along with McGregor I think Celtic will have too much for them but it just you just don't know what Celtic side Lennon's going to put out and Kilmarnock will definitely be hoping and it sounds really weird to see this say this but if if he's if, if Kilmarnock come into Parkhead and the team is the usual team, you know, your Barkas, your three at the back, the wing backs, Edward up front who looks like he couldn't give a monkeys about the game. If 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 he's if they see that team, I think they'll be quite happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you never thought you'd say that, you know, because normally Edward, the fact that Edward's still there, you'd be thinking, Oh, this is the best thing that's ever happened to Celtic. But actually, if he plays, I think Kamarnock will be rubbing their hands together. Mm. Um so it just depends what side Celtic put out as to where Kamarnock are at. But you'd hope after winning that game on Thursday, you'd hope that Celtic would be getting on, on track again, wouldn't you, if you were if you were Neil Lennon. And then uh, a quick word about Kamarnock as well, Matthew, because they've been, uh, well, they appealed against got the fine, uh, them in St Mirren, but uh, I don't know if that appeal's been heard yet or... 
Uh, I mean, it's an interesting. I mean, they did they did put a appeal in. Um, I mean, both clubs, I think, did infringe the SPFL social distancing rules on buses and meals and at meal times, and also I think I mean I think this was Saint Mirren, um ultimately, but I think there was there was car sharing going on. Um, so you know, even though they're appealing it, I think. I think you know. I do think that they maybe deserved the results going against them because ultimately everybody knew the rules coming into this season. Aberdeen, Celtic, um, flaunted them the first time around, and obviously then teams were given further warnings. You know that as the government said, I think they said we'll give football a yellow card this time. Um, and I think after the yellow card, you'd think that the clubs would have learned, but obviously Kilmarnock and St Mirren were still going through. Um, rules or they were going through policies that resulted in social distancing being pro- broken mm-hmm. so and I think they admitted it so I don't see that they can't they can expect no punishment however like I said I think clubs are losing money left right and centre I do think the £40,000 even though it's suspended until the 30th of June I do think that the financial um, penalty was a bit much and I think the appeal at the very least should take away the £40,000 fine because clubs just can't afford that at the moment. Um, so, Kamarok against Celtic, Dundee United against Rangers is another interesting one because even though Rangers are on a good run at the moment and not conceding a lot of goals, you would have to say, but Dundee United is a, a kind of very hot and cold team as well. And, I mean, don't forget that Celtic went up there the early part of the season and Celtic won that game, I think it was 1-0, but it was quite an open game. So, a Yeti you know, scored the winner. Yeah, yeah, that was his first goal, I think, or, or something. Well, do you know what? Dundee United are exactly what you said they were there. I mean, in the last five, they've won two, drew two and lost one. Mm. So they're, they're right bang down the middle. As to Well, I mean, Dundee United will be quite happy with that because they obviously have just been promoted and... Uh, top six is ideal for them, and that's exactly where they are. Um, but, I mean, it's hard to see past Rangers. They've won five in the last five. Um, mm. they're, they're like a juggernaut going up to Dundee United. Um, they've, they've absolutely ran riot in the, in the Europa League group. I mean, they finished top of the group. They played six. They got 14 points out of it. Um, they're, they're seeded for the next round, so they're in a complete high. Um, I actually thought Poznan would have gave them some sort of... Um, you know, a harder game um, last night than what they got. But, you know, Gerard's team's just wiped the floor with them. Every team that Rangers seem to be coming up against, Rangers have the answer to every question that the other team pose. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, do you know what, I, I, I don't want to say this because it's too early to say it, um, as you said about Celtic, but they remind me of Brendan Rodgers' team <laughs> that, fin- that uh, finished undefeated. Mm. Because at this moment in time, I just can't see them how they're going to get beat because nobody's found that nobody's found that formula to be able to outdo this Gerard team. And I mean, this started last year. People were on Facebook reminiscing about this time last year when Celtic beat Rangers in the League Cup uh, final at Hamden. But I can see that is that that was the game that almost saw the changing of the guard because that was the first time since Rangers came back from the dead, and I mean that, I don't mean that really, but you know what I mean, <laughs> uh, since, they, since they came back from the dead, um, 
it's the first time I've seen Rangers that year, that well, ever um, dominate Celtic the way they did. And even though Celtic won, I thought this doesn't feel this. There's something about this game that's just different. The next game at Celtic Park, they went and won, um, and that did signal the change in the guard. I know they slipped away after that, but that was a signal that Rangers meant business. And this year, they put all of the problems from last year right. Um, Hadji was in a good mood. Everybody was playing well. Glenn Kamara was my man of the match again. I thought he was superb. Um, and with so many changes, Rangers made a few changes last night. Um, you know, to their to their team because even though they, if they won or they matched Benfica's result, they finished top of the group. They were so confident that they could they would still win it that they made changes and they still won. Um, and you know, we were talking about Celtic's dismal record in the Europa League last week. Mm-hmm. You know, Rangers are unbeaten in their last 10 Europa Group League matches. They've won yeah. five and drew five. And they've not conceded a lot of goals either in Europe. No, no. Um, and, and skills. So, and do we know yet if Mickey Merlin's out of isolation yet for this weekend? For do you know I've not heard? No. Do you know, that's the one thing I don't know. I have not heard. No, I've, not, I've not heard, no. Well, it's 14 days since last Friday, so maybe not. Yeah, it'll be a tight one if he is. I mean, I think, you know, even if he was there, I just have a feeling, I mean, in the last, in all competitions, Rangers have won 22 and drawn four. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and you and you were, you were talking about they've kept 20 clean sheets. That's, that's him going. It's, it's, it's a frightening, frightening record and if you're not, up against them. It's not even Christmas yet. No, no. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that could possibly stop Rangers, and it's not, and it's not happening this year. The only seems that, the only thing that stopped Rangers last year was the winter break. Um, mm. And uh, the good, the good thing for Rangers is they're not having to travel this year. Um, yeah, because yeah. I think, I think they'll keep they'll keep the momentum going this year. And I think, I, I just can't see anybody stopping them um, in the long run because they've just been so. They've just been probably the ultimate Scottish football team this year, um, and and Celtic I think even at top draw would have would have struggled to keep pace with this Rangers team. Um, but the fact Celtic have been so diabolically bad um, has allowed Rangers to go so far ahead. But um, this year, up to this point, they've been they've been better than they were last year. But you just don't know. The thing with Rangers is, can they keep it going past January? And that's the next question mark for this Rangers team. What happens after you get past the midway point of the season? Can you keep it going? Can you keep the momentum? And we don't know that yet because they've not proven they can do that. But this will be something new. So the game at Ibrox onwards, we'll be all waiting to see if they can continue it. But I think the fact that there's no winter break while we Rangers this year because they can continue the momentum um, mm. and keep it going. But it's a it's a frightening, frightening record for Dundee United to come up against. Yeah. And I can only and I can only see one winner to be honest. That. Mm. I, I, it pains me to say that because I love when the old firm sides get beat because, you know, the Scottish football does get a bit tedious at times when they're, they're dominant, but I just can't see how Dundee United stop this Rangers team. OK, let's look at the uh, the weekend football now. It starts tonight. Air uh, United against Brave Rovers. That's um, on the BBC, as always. Uh, tomorrow, um, uh, tomorrow uh, in, in the Scottish Premiership, I got where it was. Aberdeen, <laughs> um, Aberdeen is playing Ross County. 
uh, Hamilton is at home against Hibs, the high bees Hibs, Motherwell and St. John, and St. that looks like the game of the weekend for me, Matthew, and St. Johnson against Livingston. I'll just run through the first division games as well, because I'm a nice guy that way. Um, Abloff plays Aroa. Gunfern uh, is at home to Morton. Hearts is at home to Queen of the South. Um, and Inverness Caledonian Festival is at home to Dundee. So, Murrow against St. Mirren, Matthew. I think that, that looks an interesting game, that. Well, Mother will say, well, St. Mirren. St. Mirren needs something. I mean, Mother will, Mother will started off the season really poorly. Mm. But they've came on, they've, um, they've won games. They've won games that they didn't even play. That's how good they've been. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> fantasy football, I think you call that. <laughs> yeah. So, without even stepping on the foot, they're winning, uh, pitch they're winning games. Um, St. Mirren are, I mean, I feel sorry for them. They're, um, they're rooted to the bottom at the moment. Uh, they're, they're trying to get runs together. They've won one in the last five. Um, so, if I was Motherwell, I would be expecting to pick up the points against St. Mirren at Fur Park. Um, but there's two big games as well in the English Premiership I want to mention this weekend as well, just because it's very rare you get big games in the English Premiership. But um, obviously... Number one, my dad's from Manchester. Um, and it's a Manchester Derby this weekend at uh, Old Trafford. Right. Yeah. So, a half-five, Man United, Man City. It's probably the first big, big, big game on the English calendar. Is that, um, is that on Saturday game after you? Yeah, Saturday, yeah. Saturday lunchtime. Sorry, Saturday lunchtime. Um, so, yeah. So, Saturday lunchtime, uh, half-five, Manchester Derby. But before that, half 12 is the big ding-dong West Midlands derby. Uh, Wolverhampton are playing Aston Villa. Um, mm. So that's a massive game at Molyneux as well. So, yeah, two big, big derbies in English football to, to enjoy this weekend. So get ready, sit in front of the box and uh, watch the Midlands derby first and then obviously the big Manchester derby as well. So it should be quite enjoyable watching. And in between those two games, obviously, you can, uh, well, you mentioned Motherwell St. Mirren, you can sit down and watch that one at Fur Park. Yeah, yeah, you, you can put your hand in your pocket and buy Motherwell TV if you want. <laughs> yeah. um, I wanted to touch upon the uh, Johnson and Livingston game because Johnson got a decent point last week at Parkhead. Okay, you, you could say Celtic played quite badly and fact quite poor in that game but obviously St. Johnson had to do what they had to do and get a point there. Livingston played well as well last week as well. I saw the highlights um, and they're still looking for a manager at the moment, Matthew. You fancy that job? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's a tough it's a tough job to, to fill because, I mean, Livingston, I mean, your Livingston's, your Hamilton's, your Ross County's, your St Mirren's. Strangely enough, all of those four are the bottom four as we speak. Those are the four that have probably the least biggest playing budgets of all the SPL. Um, and those four are the ones that are obviously rooting the rel- at the bottom of the table. So it's a mm. tough job um, to manage it. But Livingston, they're doing, they were doing okay, I thought. Um, but obviously the change of manager's thrown things up in there. They've won one game in the last in the last five. So 
Um, it's going to be tough, but St. Mirren, see St. Johnson, St. Johnson actually are unbeaten in the last five, I think. They, they've won yeah, one. They've got a good record, yeah. Yeah, so the last five not been too bad for them. They're not getting beaten, which is the main thing. I think if you're down at the bottom of the table, you just don't want to lose at the very least. And they're picking up points. Um, the game, I mean, the game at Celtic Park, I thought, showed St. Johnston at their best. I mean, um, they were solid. They fought Celtic every step of the way. When Celtic were only showing 70 80%, I thought the St. Johnston players were showing 110% for every ball. Um, defensively, they were sound and they scored, so... And I mean, you you were saying about Murrowville there, Matthew, that Johnson had a poor start to the league, uh, out of the League Cup, you never even got out the, the you know, the league section. And obviously, um, you were thinking that uh, the St. Johnson manager would get the, would get the sack, <laughs> just because yeah. of the run of forms. And yet, it's turned it, it's turned it around, you know. In fact, they, in fact, early on in the season as well, that uh, Celtic, uh, they, they, Celtic went two 0 that game, but they, it's, uh, St. Johnson played Celtic well up to about nine, eighty nine minutes or something. Yeah, it was two late goals, wasn't it? Two very mm, late goals. Yeah. In fact, it was one Lee Griffiths did Lee Griffiths yeah, he come, yeah, he came off the bench. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think St. Johnson. When Motherwell and St. Johnson were struggling, even though we were thinking, where are they going to get these points from? I don't think we're surprised, looking at their squad, that they eventually did get points on the board and they pushed on. Um, I mean, I'm surprised a little bit at St. Mirren. I did think Hamilton would be the one that would struggle so much, but St. Mirren are pretty rooted to the bottom at the moment. Um, but I kind of thought St. Johnson would give it a push. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. St. Johnson Livingston will say a lot, because if any of these teams have... Um, ambitions to finish in the top six I think this is the sort of game that they'll be looking to win at the weekend um, mm. and both of them are good runs would you surprised, be surprised if it ended in a draw <laughs> yeah we, we are kind of building up to be a brilliant game and that'll be a, a dull game now now there you go that, that shows you how we know a lot about football um, it's hard Covid has made things really hard to predict because you just don't know yeah um, yeah, so. exactly. Um, be, mo- moving on, um, it's been a good week for Scottish sport. Well, yesterday the news came out, wasn't it, about the Scottish government announcing £55 million, um funding packages to spec- spectators of sport. Now, I'll run through the sports for you in a wee minute because, as I say, I'm quite nice that way. I like to help. Like I like to help out, but that, but um, that's well overdue, Matthew. I would say. What's it? I mean, England were the first ones off the block, and they they said what their sports package was going to be, and and sport the, the money went to lots of teams. So it was a lot of whether it was football, lower league teams, or whether it was ice hockey or rugby league and things like that. So they'd already made their their sort of grant to the sports, and and then it was down to the devolved governments to do that in the north of Ireland and Wales and Scotland. So it's good that Nicola Sturgeon's been quite quick. I mean, it, it came out quite quick relative because I thought it may have taken a while. Mm. Um, but she, she's, she's she's made a decision really that I think had to be made. I mean, spectator sports have been struggling the most and, and I'd say even more than England. I mean, we keep saying it, but, you know, especially with football and even rugby union, you know, the big TV packages go to 
they say they, well, was the Guinness Premiership, but whatever the English Premiership in rugby, rugby union is too, whether it's the English Premiership football-wise, they have the big TV packages and Scotland's always seen as the sort of poor Cinderella of all these sports. <laughs> um, so I, I think that... I think you are putting it. Yeah, I've got three daughters, so <laughs> that's where <laughs> that comes from. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I think it was <laughs> important that some of these sports who are struggling in, in Scotland have definitely got some money for it. And I think, is it, well, the big ones, I know you'll go through it, but 30 million to Scottish football and 20 million to rugby union. I think it's much needed, especially the rugby union one, because the SRU have been really good at um, giving money from the central coffers down to the sort of amateur teams who've been needing the money. The rugby union's been really good at that, but it has meant there's a big black hole in their finances. So that's 20 million that was... Um, very well needed for the SRU. Yeah. And I have yeah. full confidence that the SRU will use that properly. I'm not so sure about Scottish football, however. Yeah, I mean, you're right, I am, because the Scottish football is to receive 30 million. Um, the 20 million, you said, Matthew, is going to the Premiership in, in Scotland. And even women's sports is to receive uh, 10 million. Um, so that's good. Um, I'll just let you know about uh, some other sports receiving money as well. Uh, rugby Union. Um, so I take it that's your rugby clubs, but also the national team as well in Scotland will receive um, ten million. Um, the uh, oh, hold on a minute. Um, yep. Um, sorry about that there, my, my computer went a bit funny there. Um, so, <laughs> because you're messing with the Scottish government's money. Yeah. Cancel, cancel, cancel. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, so rugby got 10 million, horse racing got 2 million, um, ice rinks, so that means like your hockey and curling and stuff like that, they get 2 million. And also, they've gave one million to other sports. So that could be, I don't know, that could be like tennis and, and, and what have you. But it's a good uh, gesture for Scottish clubs um, and football, but also other sports could get the money as well. Because, I mean, we've been saying for weeks last year about um, football, um, football teams and, I mean, lower league teams are kind of like struggling for money because of the fans are not getting in to, to see their games, you know? Yeah, and I think, you know, even though fans are finally getting back, um, it'll take a lot, I think, to recover all of the revenue that has been lost over the whole COVID, COVID last 12 months. Um, so, you know, it's quite good to see lower league te- football teams getting the money, but, you know, one million going towards basketball, uh, or the remaining one million divided up, so motorsports will get some, netball will get some, basketball will get some, but also your ice hockey. I mean, ice hockey. Um, I think the English leagues, for example, are looking to get the ice hockey back on stream with the, the English grant. Mm. Um, but everybody was waiting to see what the Scottish government would do and Northern Irish governments would do because obviously some of the ice hockey teams who play in the British league needed grants from their. Um, the the respective governments to be able to start their leagues again. So now you might find that there's ice hockey able to be played next year because the English teams will have some money. Belfast Giants over here will be able to 
pay some of their players and get their league going. And now also in Glasgow, you know, in um, Fife, you might be able to get some of the Scottish teams joining in as well. So it's really positive, I think, positive news um, yeah, for um, Scottish sport. Uh, well, for Scotland go home, Matthew, because that's what the ugly news about the vaccine coming out as well. Um, and then you're hearing this news about sport as well. So hopefully by this game next year we'll have fans back in at football games. Um, we won't know what to do ourselves. Actual sport to go to. I know, yeah, 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 I know. I know because I've, I've been housebound for like months and, and all that. <laughs> we might not want to go. We'll be so feared to leave the house. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. I'll be dying for a pie by that time. I don't know. Um, I don't know why I say that for. Um, do you know what it's like? I, you, we'll be so excited to go and then we'll go into the grounds and then we'll remember why we hated going to the games in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's... Or Celtic, a... Celtic, Celtic was still barricaded Celtic Park. Yeah. We can't get in. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah. Um, let's move on now to women's sport, Matthew. Um, bad week for... Glasgow City, uh, they won the Champions League, but they beat, uh, no, they get beat, sorry, they get beat 2-1 by Sparta Prague in the quarterfinals, was it, of the Champions League, but that's only the first leg, Matthew, the second leg is to come next week, uh, so let's hope they, they turn it around, but I don't see it at the moment, because they're getting beat 2-1 uh, Sparta Prague. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, Sparta Prague is now up Scottish football's nemesis, aren't they? Um, <laughs> Blooming Sparta Prague will be cursing them for the rest of the year. Um, I mean, uh, do you know what? I tell you what, uh, Glasgow City did get in a wee go out of it, and I think that will be very important come the end of this tie. Um, in fact, it could be the thing that eventually sees Glasgow City through. Because, um, I mean, the pitch over in Prague, it was wet, it was soggy. It became a bit of a battle, um, a lot of long balls and their usual. So I mean, it was almost like traditional Scottish football back in the seventies and sixties. Um, but you know, Glasgow City did get the goal, even though it was a mess of a pitch. They came away with the goal, um, and that will give them real hope. I think the second leg is at Broadwood um, mm. in six days, five days, six days time. It's next week. Uh, so, so really, I think they'll have the chance to. To go through on a better surface at Broadwood, and I mean that's when that's when you want fans back into the game because they're getting beat, so that you want the Scottish fans there to, you know, cheer them on. Yeah, and it's a shame that way, but then you know it'll be good when the fans come back. Hopefully, um, in the few, well, maybe a month or two's time, Glasgow City could still be in the competition. So. Fingers crossed, um, because, you know, they've been in good form. I mean, not only have they came through, they've, they've had a lot of games in this Champions League to get through, because they've had to do it the long way, haven't they? They had to play preliminary rounds, and then they had to come through that. So they've had a long... It feels like they've had a long run in the Champions mm-hmm. League this year. Um, but not only that, because they they only finished the Champions League from last year in August, it feels like Glasgow City have been on a constant run of Champions League games. Mm-hmm. Um because every week they seem to have a Champions League game. But they've been in good form, like I said. I mean, they, they lost the, the last year to in the Champions League. They've lost to Sparta Prague, but they've gotten a away goal. And they've started the league campaign really well. They've had six wins from six 
Um, they play Rangers on Sunday, and then obviously Sparta Prague come to Cumbernauld next week. So they're they're in a bit of a run of games, and I think, you know, I think they might have enough. And like I said, that away goal, I think, um, will be very very important. Um, and you'd expect Glasgow City to come out play better in the next game because the surface is just better at Broadwood than it was in Prague. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. As you said there, that um, they play Rangers this weekend. And it's on BBC Alba at four o'clock. There you go. And also, um, Marwell uh, are playing Celtic uh, on Sunday as well, uh, with a half twelve kickoff, and that's on the BBC. Matthew, I was going to say to you that um, you know it's quite good that women's sport is more and more getting highlighted now on the TV. Well, okay, it's not on the TV, but at least you know, it's getting covered. Yeah, I mean, women's football has been brilliant, I think, for the last year or two years. Um, it's been getting more and more, uh, not only, I think, it's been getting more successful, because obviously, you've had the Scottish teams, national teams, qualifying for tournaments. Um, you've had now Glasgow City doing well in their own league, but qualifying for Champions Leagues and getting to, you know, quarter-final stages and semi-final stages. So, Glasgow City have, have done quite well as well, but not only that, I think the thing that Scottish football was maybe lacking a little bit in the women's game was competition for Glasgow City. Um, but especially over the last year, you know, teams like Hibs, Hearts, um, Celtic Rangers, they've become more professional in their setup. And because of that, um, I thought Glasgow City would have a challenge on their hands. And they do have, but what, what's happened is it's risen the standards. So not only have Celtic Rangers, Hibs and Hearts got better, but it's meant Glasgow City have had to raise, raise their game and get better as well. <clears throat> um, and we're very, very lucky, I think, to have such a high standard of women's football. Um, and like I said, I was watching uh, or listening to a little bit of one of the games last weekend. And I, I say this as a, with a bit of pride because one of my friends from school, he won't mind me mentioning, his name is Stuart McAllister. I knew him from, I was about three years old, four years old. His daughter is actually a, a, a Celtic player, but is also a... Um, international player she's played for I think I'm pretty sure it's the um, under 17 squad she's played she's played a few games in, um, but she's moved from Celtic to Hearts uh, this season on loan to get a bit of game time and yeah the Edinburgh Derby was this weekend and it pains me to say this because I'm more on the hip side of Edinburgh than the Hearts side um, but Paige McAllister she scored the winner with the last kick of the ball I think it was a kind of volley in the 94th minute um, and as a defender, that's unreal. It was a really good strike and fair play to her, you know. So I'd just like to say congratulations to Paige McAllister on becoming the gem of Edinburgh for the next, what, few months. But also just her general performances, I think, have been brilliant. So um, she's one to watch for the future, not only at Hearts in Scotland, but when she comes back to Celtic Park as well. Yeah, and you never know, so maybe on the show now, a few weeks of you, you speaking to the Do you know what? I. I... She has asked to come on, and her father has asked me to have her on, and I've never got round to it. So if you listen to it this weekend, I hope she does come on, because um, she's a gem. Unlike her father, she's a gem. So <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, well, we'll move swiftly on then. We don't want any fighting on this kind of show. You know, it's a family show and all that. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it'll be good to to have Paige on the show and. Few weeks if you what your magic, Matthew. That'll be very nice of you. That'll be your homework. 
<laughs> and, and it'll be nice to to hear a female speaking about female sports. Hey, one who knows what they're talking about. Yeah, apart from me and you. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we, we don't know what we're talking about half of the time. Well, I'll speak for myself. Me, I don't know about you, but you know. Um, yeah, so that was good. Um, so we like to cover all sports in this kind of show. Um, so that's the women's uh, football this weekend. Before they dive into rugby, are we? Oh, oh, before you go on about football, just a quick one um, about the sad news of Paolo Rossi. Yeah, yeah, that, that that came out yesterday, so that was quite sad, sad news. But I went clear as well, Matthew. Okay, I mean, he was what is he? Uh, he was, you know, he played with some of the great. Um, you know, Juventus and AC Milan sides and he helped, you know, I think he was, I think he helped Italy win the World Cup the year I was born, 1982 as well. Oh. Um, I know, yeah. uh, So, you know, I mean, we've lost Maradona in the last month and now we've lost Paolo Rossi, so we're losing some of the game's greats, sadly. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, yeah, because every every few weeks now, Matthew on the show, we seem to speak about people that's dying, and it's not only in the world of football; it's in the world of uh, horse racing, snooker, and all that. And they've been good. They've been brilliant names, you know, and household names, what they for, and and all that, you know. So, uh, yeah, so that's another. Uh, sad loss of the game, not not only in Italy but for the rest of the world, you know. Okay, and and then to tie that in, you know, the World Cup draw. Strange enough, because we've lost that World Cup uh, hero only a few days ago. You know, it was it was quite poignant that there was a World Cup draw in the middle of all that as well. You know, mm-hmm. we've lost Maradona, we've lost him, and now we had the World Cup draw. And Scotland, I think, just quickly, Scotland, I thought had the group that are actually. I think Scotland could advance from on paper. You know, we, Denmark and Austria were probably two of the best sides we could have got from pot one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think from pot five and six, Scotland actually had a good pot as well. So one pot one, two um, and five and six, we had really good teams. The only thing that I didn't like was pot four came out and guess who it was? Israel. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but have we played them about a hundred times in the last year? <laughs> yeah, it's one of the, it's one of these ones, Matthew. If you beat them again, you'll get to keep them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and and I'm not being funny, but I can't remember when Israel became part of Europe. But <laughs> no, well, that's the same as because then the Eurovision Song Contest as well. But but in saying that, Australia's in there. Why are we talking about Eurovision? I don't know. But Australia's in the Eurovision Song, right? Let's move on. Um, no, I'd rather have played yeah. Australia than go in Israel again. No, I'm getting bored of the sight of them. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's good to say what's in the Celtic game. That might as well be. It's like we've seen, we've seen the, we've seen just as much of Israel as we have seen the Celtic. So, what well, I'm gonna say that we've seen the lights again, but that's a bit of a corner line for me. Kicking the years, but yeah, I mean that was us and that Satan World Cup draw last week, you know. So I mean, who knows? Scotland as well. <laughs> and you know, what? in the middle of that, you know, you, you we'll start the we'll start the campaign for the Euro um, for the World Cup, um, but then that also will be leading into the Euro Championship. So mm-hmm. you know, there might be a bit of running momentum at the start of the campaign because players will want to get into the squad 
for Euro 2020. And of course, by the time we win Euro 2020, of course, we'll be all very uh, in good form coming up to the next set of qualifiers. So, yeah, um, exactly. it's a good time, yeah. Yeah, we might actually win the World Cup. Anyway, or well, you never, you never know. I mean, many teams, yeah, many teams in Europe have won the Euro Championships and went on to win the World Cup. So there's a very high chance we'll do that, Michael. And then next year, um, <laughs> you know, so yeah. Um, and you hold on now. Wait, we're going to a hot country for the next World Cup. Scotland, we'll, nah, we won't win the next World Cup. We'll be we'll be all looking orange and beetrooty by the time yeah. we end of that. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll be too busy sunbathing down the beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Scrap yeah. that. <laughs> With a kebab in your hand. Anyway, um, well, I think it's a kebab. And, um, yeah, so... <laughs> What are you guys saying that for? You're listening to Indie Live Regal. This is the locker room with Michael and Matthew every Friday night between 6 and 7. Don't forget, you can email us at lockerroomindielive at gmail.com. That's lockerroomindielive at gmail.com. Um, I know we're coming to the end of the show, and a lot of people say, oh, yes, I'm good for that. Um, but... Just get a bit of rugby news, Matthew, this week. Um, Scotland's not got a game this weekend in the Autumn Cup, but the head coach, uh, Gregor Townsend, has signed a new deal uh, to 2023. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good news uh, for Scotland to have that. I mean, I was about to say, goodness, Scotland are playing Israel again, but that, yeah. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think Gregor rugby. Townsend... Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank God Israel doesn't have a rugby team, can you imagine? Um, I mean, I think there's been progress on and off the field since Gregor Townsend took over. And I think he's the right man, really, to lead Scotland into the, the 2023 World Cup. So, um, I mean, he's t- he took charge of Scotland in 2017. Um, so once he finishes six years, hopefully when he finishes six years in Scotland, we've done well at that World Cup, that will make him Scotland's longest ever head coach in the professional leader. So fingers crossed that Gregor Townsend gets to the end of that because, like I said, I think for the first time in a long time, Scotland have been showing progress, slow progress, but progress nevertheless, on and off the pitch. They've had wins against Georgia, Wales, Italy. Um, they've built up a lot of momentum. I know they've lost to France and I know they've lost to Ireland, but that's the next stage. So they can beat their Georgias, your Wales and your Italy. But then the next part of the moment, the next part of the stage is really is the Six Nations. And can Scotland beat France? Can Scotland beat Ireland? That's your next stage. And you're hoping Scotland will do that before they then get to the 2023 World Cup coming up. And now you know Townsend's going to be in there. There's going to be continuity. There's hopefully going to be a momentum. And I think, yeah, normally I don't say this about Scottish rugby sides, but I think in the professional era anyway, I don't normally say this about Scottish sides. But I think Townsend's the right man for the job. And I have nothing but praise for how Scotland have been doing the last few years. Okay, and... Oh, quickly as well. Before I... Well, oh, before I step on, yeah. there are there are European Champions Cup rugby this weekend. There are, that's the start of the European campaign. So um, Edinburgh start their campaign against La, La Rochelle, who are a French team, and Glasgow are playing an English side. They're going down to the Exeter Chiefs. So both of them have tough-ish starts to their... Well, especially Glasgow going to Exeter will be quite difficult for Glasgow. Um but Edinburgh might be able to pick up a home win in their first game. So two tough but 
uh, and Edinburgh's case winnable opening Champions Cup games in the European campaign. So that's something to look forward to this weekend. But to tie this in with the NFL, there was something that happened um, hmm. this week. And it was to do... Uh, that's two weeks in a row I've done that, see? Um, well done. <laughs> I know, I know. It's pure fluke. Now, American football, um, years ago, there was something to do with head injuries. And I don't know if you oh, remember, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Will Smith... Yeah, Will Smith was in a film about it. And the NFL obviously were sued because the helmet was seen to cause concussion memory problems, possible dementia, uh, and possible uh, problems with the mind that causes uh, suicidal or mental health tendencies. So the NFL actually um, took took that advice on board. They've changed helmets. They've changed the way the game's played. Um, the NFL also caps the collisions per year that players have. They also have brain scans every year. So off the back of that, the NFL have made changes to the game. Now, Scottish football, Scottish rugby, um, Johnny Beatty was talking about this during the week, and he said world rugby must do more to protect players long term from increased physicality, which is causing um, issues with brain damage, dementia, and like I said, mental health problems and possible suicide. Because I think, was it an ex, an ex England World Cup winner, Steve Thompson, um, has, has basically claimed that the rugby authorities have negligence. That resulted in him having permanent brain damage, and he's actually suing the rugby union um, as a whole. So you might find that world rugby has the same issues that NFL had only a few years ago, with players now suing the authorities and to try and make the game safer in regards to concussions, head injuries, and the knock-on effect of that. So that was how it ties in with the NFL, actually, because the NFL is a bit ahead of its time in regards to dealing with issues like that, and now rugby's starting to have that as well. Okay, well, um, thanks, Matthew, for joining me on this very busy program. Um, and Scav, um, just a quick one in a few weeks. We'll be, we might be doing a, a, an hour or so on Indie Live on women's sport. So uh, we're hoping to have Maureen McGonagall from uh, Women in Sport. She's been on the programme before. So if you've got any questions for her, you can email us or um, you can look us up on Facebook as well. Just look for Indie Live, uh, sorry, Locker Room Indie Live Radio, and you'll find us on Facebook. Uh, that's coming up in a few weeks' time. But next week, we'll be looking ahead to, it's funny to say this, Matthew, we'll be looking ahead to last week's, uh, last season's Scottish Cup final this season. Mm, try and work that one out. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's coming up next week. So, have a good week, Matthew, and we'll speak to you next week here. And keep it here, live here on Indie Live Regular.